I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. Hey, y'all. We've all heard slow and steady, right? That saying, slow and steady wins the race from tortoise and the hare. The hare tries to go as fast as he can, gets a bit cocky and takes a nap. And before he knows it, the tortoise has passed him and has won. Even though he was nowhere near as fast as the hare, but the tortoise was steady and kept on with the task at hand, not willing to be distracted. I feel like that is a good comparison to our spiritual lives sometimes. There are instances where some people, or even ourselves, we get so excited and motivated by our emotions that we run full force without necessarily waiting in God and we run in our flesh only to get burned out or we are so sure of ourselves that we end up getting distracted by our own agendas forgetting what we are running for in the first place. And I don't know about you, but I like results quickly. I have my own timeline that I think is reasonable, and if things aren't moving along as I think they should, I try to push them along myself, which ends up with terrible results 100% of the time. Our church just had Go Conference, which happens once a year. It's a four-day conference that focuses on the Great Commission, And we have missionaries come and share their experiences and the things God has done in their lives. It's one of my favorite things our church does. Bobby Bonner came and spoke this year, and if you haven't heard of him, you should look him up. He was a professional baseball player for the major leagues and quit to be a missionary in Africa and now trains pastors to reach their own people. It's really incredible. About seven years ago at one of our GO conferences, I remembered longing so much to be a missionary, but I was so angry and bitter because my husband at the time didn't want to follow the Lord. I knew as a wife there was nothing I could do apart from what my husband led us to do in regards to that, so I felt stuck. Not stuck with him, I love him to pieces, but stuck with how God could use me and I felt like my hands were tied. I remember God convicting me and I know I've talked about this before, but he said, what are you doing for me here in your community? I said, nothing. And there I realized that I wasn't even being faithful in where God had planted me right then. Why would he even be calling me to missions anywhere else when I wasn't being a good steward where I was, let alone having a godly attitude about where I was and why? Now, it's a tricky thing being a woman who is married to someone who, at the time, isn't following the Lord yet still trying to reach their community and serve God. You're limited somewhat, biblically speaking. But I started feeling led by God to create a Facebook community page for my town since we didn't have one. And I live in a really small town. There's like nothing going on. Um, We started a ladies Bible study. Later began our town's first tree lighting so we could present the gospel. And this year had our first national day of prayer held in our town. God had allowed me to meet so many neighbors and so many different people in my community and really began something special. And I would have missed out on all of that if I decided to just keep sitting in my bitterness and resentment and kept my eyes on myself and my pity party. I mentioned this for a couple of different reasons. One is to get you to think, what are you doing in your circles of influence for God? Circles of influence are people you interact with in your life or that you have an opportunity to interact with. That would be anywhere you are and go. Work, schools, parks, stores, neighbors, communities, gyms all the things. Do you just show up at these places or keep to yourself when you're at home? What ways can you be intentional with building relationships for the purpose of pointing them to Christ? And you have to actually open your mouth at some point with them, hopefully when the Holy Spirit leads you, to tell them how Jesus can save them from their sin, to lead them in a right relationship with God. 
That's the whole purpose of life, right? To have a relationship with Christ, bring him glory by doing his will, and one day be with him. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. So if you evaluate yourself in your life right now, are you fulfilling the Great Commission, which is what Matthew twenty-eight nineteen is? I know that there are many women and men that are married to spouses that either don't want to serve the Lord or don't want to be sold out, as it's called, that can feel really hopeless in a way. But I want to encourage you to wait on the Lord. Don't try to control other humans. You have enough to worry about with your own self. And don't think you know better and have better plans to get the other person on board with what you think they should be on board with. You're not omniscient or omnipotent. God alone is all-knowing and all-powerful. You will just get in the way of the Holy Spirit. These are hard lessons I had to learn, and I still am learning them. Psalm twenty-seven, fourteen: Wait in the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. If you obey God and you keep your eyes in him, trust him to do the work only he can do, he will also give you strength as you wait. My husband and I have been married for 13 years. We've changed a lot since we first got together. God radically started changing me and transforming my mind about 11 years ago. In these past two years, God has been transforming my husband into the image of Christ. It truly has been a supernatural work in both of us. I'm not sure there is time enough to list all that God has delivered us from, the generational sins he's broken, the dysfunction and old man way of living and thinking we were both tied to. God has done a mighty work, and in a couple of weeks, we are both headed to Mexico in a mission trip. Never in my life would I have thought this would be happening before one of us died. And I pray that God uses this trip not only to bless the families we minister to down there, but to radically continue to change our perspective and our lives even more so for Him. I love God's Word and His promises, and this one brings me so much encouragement. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing, that He who hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And there's also this part of the song called Doxology, sung by Hillsong, that goes, What sacrifice could be equal to his own? The cross of Christ declares that there is not I owe, and yet I know I owe him all. I am so grateful for what he has done for me, how not only has he rescued me, but he has rescued my family, and I want to live my life for him, in every big part and every little part. I want to be a good steward of what he's entrusted to me. I want to be faithful to him. I want to be just as steady with him as he is with me. The AB 1611 Dictionary Online defines steady as firmness of standing or position, a state of being not tottering or easily moved or shaken, firmness of mind or purpose, consistency, resolution. Do you have the mind of Christ and are you firm in him and his word? If not, are you willing to let him radically change you? Hebrews 12, 1-2 Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or need a physical Bible, feel free to DM me on Instagram at walkwithjesuspodcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com and I will talk to y'all next Monday.